0: I think a new team has arrived in the AFC West, and their name is the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Herbert stops, launches deep. Jalen Guyton, he's got it! Herbert fires open, making the grab. Mike Williams down the sideline. On the 17-yard line, look out again.
1: Intercepted!
2: And we're back with another episode of the Shock Therapy Podcast. I'm Tyler Lawrence. Uh, you can find me at LAC Masterbolt, Zach Alfers at Zach Alfers, And then you've got the uh, Shock Therapy Podcast handle at LAC Shock Therapy. What a win on Sunday, yesterday. I am ecstatic with how we played yesterday, just in all phases of the game.
1: Absolutely. Um, whenever you can beating a division rival is always like two wins beating the Raiders is always feels like four wins so to start off the year redeeming ourselves from that week 18 matchup last season where they bumped us out of the playoffs to come out like we did I would have liked to have finished them uh, buried them in the third quarter we kind of let them splurge back into the game but uh Hats off to the Raiders. I, I thought we were going to get a very disorganized uh, Raiders team, and they were a very good team. Um, really came back there in the, that second half. Uh, we did just enough to win that game. Some stuff we can clean up, but I think that's exactly where you want to be week one. Um, thrilling win. Love it. Send the Raiders home. Uh, had to sit in traffic just spewing over that one because you know they did not like uh, taking that L week one. So I'm ecstatic. 1-0. Bring on the Chiefs!
2: And there was a lot of energy at SoFi Stadium. I would say it was still like sixty forty Raiders fans, but this is a much better show out than what I had seen previously. uh And Charger fans were loud, and the crowd was getting into it. um It was a great atmosphere at SoFi Stadium. Uh, so you just say sixty
1: forty, better. like in favor of Raiders, in favor
2: of Raiders, and it's always going to happen. The Raiders always travel well. Um, they, they have a that. bigger fan base than than we do it's just that's just how it is but you're definitely seeing charger fans growing and showing out and it was awesome to see a big turnout of charger fans Well uh, and in bigger than years
1: past. In comparison to last season, for example, what would you give oh, the split sure. then? What was the split last year? Uh probably like
2: 75-25. 75, so, okay. So I would say there is definitely a a lot better show uh, of Charger fans coming out, um, which is what we want to see. We want to see. And and the more you win, the more fans you're going to get. If we continue to build consecutive seasons, I don't see this being an issue for much longer.
1: Yeah, uh, we're thrilling. I mean, it's every year, more and more. Charger fans come come out so um, we're getting there we're an exciting team it's an exi- exciting brand of football that's being played uh, Brandon Staley has these guys excited for football and like I said some things to clean up which um, I'm excited for I, I think we are going to see some improvements week two and we're going to get a really good Chiefs team uh, to test test that out
2: but let's go ahead and talk about this actual game I think the first thing you got to talk about is Khalil Mack Khalil Mack Do had it. three sacks he was only credited with five pressures, but he was creating a lot more pressure than what PFF wanted to, to give him. Uh, he was given an 87.0 defensive grade. Honestly, it should be way higher. He had a, a total defensive player of the year type of game. I mean, he was creating a lot of pressure by, by using speed to power and and really collapsing the pocket. He also forced two forced fumbles. I mean, he was electric. He was dynamic and, there's no reason to believe that Khalil Mack has regressed at all. If anything, he, he was the best defensive player, the best charger on Sunday. And I don't even think it was primary pre- very close overall. Like he played an outstanding game against the run against the pass, but man, he was really, really giving fits to Derek Carr all game long.
1: Well, and I found this article on ESPN, Lindsay Thiry follows up, covers the NFL for ESPN, um, and she was saying, three sacks, six tackles, three tackles for loss, four quarterback hits, forced fumble, just the seventh player in the history of the NFL to record three-plus sacks um, in their first debut with a team since 1982, the first player to do it since 2017, um, What a debut. We paid this guy. We were all excited, and he did not disappoint. What a debut from Khalil Mack, and how much better of a team, a football team is this, with a football player like that inserted into the lineup?
2: I mean, defensively, the Chargers played really well anyways. I mean, you get three interceptions. You get three forced fumbles. We didn't recover a single one of them. Um, I think pretty much every single player on the defense, with the exception of, I'd say, probably Asante Samuel, who was still awarded a game ball and was forced to cover the best wide receiver in football. He went, I want to say it was like 10 for 17. uh, Devontae Adams on 17 targets, he had 10 receptions for about 140 yards. But it didn't matter because he made the plays when he needed to, including the interception where he peeled off of his own man to go and give Bryce Callahan, who was beat, some help. That was huge. That was enormous to go and peel off running 40, 50 yards down the field, catch up, and be able to catch a underthrown ball. Uh, that should have been a touchdown, but the fact of the matter is that is the best wide receiver in football. And for you to to slow him, because he was slowed, he, should, he could have had a lot more than 140 yeah. yards. Seventeen. He really was their is, entire it, offense.
1: Well, I mean, Carr threw 37 passes, 17 of those went Devontae's direction. So I like the, the strategy, and it was Devontae's going to do his thing. You're not getting any success throwing the ball anybody else. And, I mean, Waller had four catches for 79 yards, but beyond that, no other guy finished above 25. So um, they they tried to get other people involved. But 10 for 17 when, when facing the best uh, – one of the best receivers in the game, if not the best, um, I, I think is a win. Um, especially when you got a young guy like Asante Samuel, who got to love the the fight in the kid. You could have easily just buried his head, gave up on himself, um, and not come back with you know that second half that he put together. So to be able to take those hits in stride um, and keep coming is it, it, exciting to see from such a young player. You uh, he was he targeted wants, twelve he wants times it so bad.
2: Yeah, so Asante Samuel was tw- targeted twelve times. Gave up nine reception for 108 yards. He gave up a touchdown. But he had that PBU and he had that interception. And if you're going to get beat, you better make your own plays as well. So I think he made enough of his own plays. And then, like, being tasked to try to slow Devontae Adams, nobody can do it. I mean, Jalen Ramsey's lost multiple matchups against Devontae Adams. So to, to at least slow him down and give the rest of the team a chance, it means a lot. Uh, the other player that really stand, stood out in coverage is Bryce Callahan, Absolutely. basically limiting Hunter Renfro from the entire game plan. A big reason why, uh, a big reason why, uh, Derek Carr was sacked so much. I mean, PFF grades uh, says that he was sacked seven times. I think that the official statistic was six, but when when your coverage is there, and you can't throw those passes very quickly and, and make those completions. That's why we were able to get after the quarterback so much. Car was dropping back three step and trying to let the ball loose, but if, the, if it's not there and he's forced to hold it, that's what—that's the reason we got the sacks because the coverage was there.
1: And Max said it in his, his pregame <clears throat> presser. He said he hadn't played with a, a defensive se- secondary like this one in a long time. He he couldn't remember the last time he was able to get a coverage sack, and a lot of those six sacks came from just terrific coverage downfield. And, I mean, we were talking about it last, last time we faced Derek Carr and we beat them, sacked him four times, 45% pressure rate. This time, he, they dropped back 38 times. I was looking at the next-gen stats. They registered 22 pressures, about 57.9% pressure rate. That is the impact. That is the Cleo Mac impact right there. Um, and you go from four sacks to six sacks. Mac had three of them. Joey had one and a half. He split one with um, – With Morgan uh, Morgan Fox, Fox, but we also got a shout out, Derwin James. Um, One sack, that dude was all over the place. He did a little bit of everything, but I loved his usage as an edge rusher. Um, Had four total rushes, had the one sack, had two other pressures. um, But I thought he was an absolute difference maker out there as well. A a big part of um, our success in this defense, man. Insert. We had three interceptions without Mr. INT out there. Uh, get J.C. Jackson back into this lineup, and, and this defense is is going to break some records. I mean, Bryce
2: Callahan undercutting the route—that was a huge interception. And then Drew Tranquil playing in the deep middle and really what getting depth and intercepting that on on—I wanted to say—was thrown to to Waller. For him to peel back and be able to get depth like that—that's not easy for a linebacker to do. And then he had to contort his body to come back and and be, come away with that interception. And then he got some some run after the catch. He had a chance to go and, yeah. and take the ball the ball uh, another twenty yards, twenty five yards the opposite direction. Um, well, huge and- huge day across the board, really across the entire defense, holding the team to nineteen points. That's a huge Man. deal. That's the uh, I want to say that was the sixth least points uh, in the NFL on Sunday. That's huge
1: that's big and I mean they they moved the football um they got got some drives together they had a a lot more first downs than we were a lot more sustainable drives um but we got we got them off when we needed to and a a big part of that was they could not run the football to save their lives the first half and I think is a a, early on we were not being able to generate much pressure with the four-man rush but it, it seems that the game plan was definitely go out there and stop the run and that's exactly what they did the first half. seven rushes, 14 yards. they end up finishing with 64 yards, about four and a nine 4.9 yards per carry. but that was that was all second half. Uh, scheme was a little different. Um, but th- this defense this rush defense as of game one uh, seems much improved as, as opposed to last season.
2: I mean, it's much better than allowing 180 yards on the ground consecutively on on multiple games last season. (laughs) To hold hold the opposing team to under 100 yards, you're doing something right. Absolutely. A big part of it was getting to an early lead. I think it was 21-3 right around halftime. And then, whatever reason, uh, the the play calling toward the second half got a little uh, conservative. And I think I didn't get a chance to watch the press conferences yet, so... I left the game last night, Uh, right after the game. We went to Italy to meet up with some friends. And then on the drive home, I got to watch the game on my phone. And then in the morning, I was at work. And then I just haven't had a chance to to watch the the press conferences. But from what I took away, uh, even Joe Lombardi was like, yeah, it might have gotten a little too conservative in the second half. And really, that allowed the Raiders to kind of crawl back into it toward the very end of the game. Uh, but overall, I, I mean, the aggressiveness that both sides of the pl- the the both sides of the ball, uh, the Chargers were aggressive on both sides. Kenneth Murray knocking guys back, Oh, that man. was awesome. Kyle what? Van Doy, uh rushing, kind of like a delayed blitz, and, and really yeah. forcing it was either the center or the guard into the lap of Carr, that ultimately led to a uh, Khalil Mack sack. Um, uh, even, uh, Gerald Everett uh, at the tight yes. end position he had good. a pretty decent block on Denzel Perryman. Uh, Denzel Perryman is not a guy that, that is soft by any means. So when you're t- going toe to toe with Denzel Perryman, who we're all very familiar with, I mean, there was some physicality on the field, uh, a physicality. I haven't seen the Chargers play with in quite some time. And lots of guys getting, getting knocked on their ass, uh, Corey Lindsay even had one that I saw. Overall, this team played physical. They were aggressive when they needed to be. Uh, Maybe not in terms of the play calling, but in terms of how they were on the field. The players themselves were aggressive, and I loved seeing that. Even uh, I I remember um, Asante Samuel chopping it up with With Devontae. uh, Devontae Adams.
1: I love that. That Just a bunch of animals out there. Absolute caged animals flying around. Uh, love to see it. The energy was contagious to offense, defense, to special teams. Um, I thought, uh, let's talk about J.K. Scott. Can we talk about our punter? We have a legit punter in-house. I don't remember the last time. Um, I, it's game, one game, but I see the next best guy since Mike Cipher is just one game. Um, but J.K. Scott was an absolute beast. He was a game ball winner, and I love that video that came out because it flashes to Jace K. Scott, and it's just like some random-looking dude, and he just looks so out of place, but he is a hell of a punter. Four punts, all pinned behind the their their own opponent's 20, including that 49-yard punt to flip the field, field uh, on them, pinning them on their two-yard two line. Each one had about 5.6 hang time. Um, and it allowed for fantastic coverage. I was talking about Hunter Renfro's punt return ability uh, coming into the game, um, and they bottled him up. Only two two punt returns, four yards. Nothing there for him. And um,
2: I believe he made one guy miss, and the coverage right. was right yep. there to, the to wrap him up. Yeah, it was great. So that's what happens when you get a punter who's able to, to flip field position but also give you the, the team enough hang time and not outkick his coverage, which is something – uh, Ty Long did a lot and uh, even even getting the ball off quickly like J.K. Scott there's yeah. a reason we didn't bring any competition in camp for him and they were talking about bringing in some co- competition I think that they got a, a a quick look at what he was able to do and kind of what they want out of the the, the coverage units and kick it high and far and let your team get down there uh, it was it was an outstanding game by J.K. Scott in the overall the entire special teams unit kick it out of the back of the end zone don't allow no kickoffs and then in the punt coverage units you know 48 49 yards that's more than enough to flip field position and give no chance for a return that was awesome to see Uh, on the offensive side of the ball the chargers were six for 14 on third down uh there's one fourth down that they ended up punting kind of last second so caught me off guard it was fourth and one uh driving into the end zone. Uh, They're around midfield, so you're thinking this is a point where Brandon Staley likes to go for it. And he kind of did a delay, run the punt team out, try to catch them off guard, and the ball was planted like on the two-yard line. Like it fell. It was the two. Really, really good positioning uh, and forced the Raiders into a really bad situation. I think that Brandon Staley has a lot more – uh, confidence in the punt units and a lot more confidence in the defense and you can see that with how he chose to uh, play the fourth downs in this game uh, he punted quite a bit and wasn't afraid to, to do so wasn't afraid of the coverage units wasn't afraid of it getting blocked uh, and wasn't afraid to let his defense show up so overall uh, I, I liked everything about the special teams for sure on um, As far as the third down efficiency goes, I mean, that's kind of not what I want to see. I kind of want to see it a little closer to, no. to 60, 70%. But Justin Herbert had himself an outstanding game, didn't take any sacks, uh, completed uh, 26 of 34 for 279 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, Justin Herbert was electric uh, and a big reason why the Chargers had a great game
1: well and that's our captain um that man is so dang good at throwing the football it was both of the touchdown passes there's about like 10 of them uh we could make a a a new chart you know our new theme song today just off of uh justin herbert's throws and we would still have more time than we would need for an intro like there is so much he is so good at throwing the football it's amazing and i'm amazed Every time Um, that
2: Deandre Carter pass in particular, like talk about how crazy that was.
1: It doesn't make any sense. Like he, he is so good. And I was, and I honestly put it out to Twitter. I was like, how many people in this planet do you think can make this pass? And I think it's elite few. I think we have Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes and, and Herbert right now is right there with the, in the discussion with the best football players in the league right now in his third season on the rookie contract with all of these other players that we have been talking about all day. Um, And what about the resilience to be cooking with Keenan Allen early in the game, really finding him wherever he wanted to him going out early with that hamstring injury and not flustered at all, decided to spread it around. Mike Williams was locked up. A a big part of that was Keenan Allen going down. So Raiders were able to spend a lot more attention on Mike Williams, um, but not phased. look, was good through working through his progression when his first read wasn't there. Amazing at at escaping in the pocket. Um, Seven receivers with four plus targets in this game. Um, And, and I don't think Mike Williams was one of them.
2: No, Mike Williams had four. He had four targets. uh, Trey McKitty, Austin Eckler, Gerald Everett, DeAndre Carter, and Keenan Allen all had four targets and Josh Palmer as well. Uh, And they were all pretty good with their targets. Uh, Allen was four for four, Carter three for four, uh, Everett three for four, Eckler four for four, um, McKitty three for four with a a really terrible drop. Uh, Really the one player that, that kind of was just not playing very well was Mike Williams and everybody else was super efficient with their targets.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, Beyond just Mike Williams not getting going, I, I think that was a big part of it was he was getting a lot more attention than he was expecting. Um, but Nate Hobbs, I mentioned him last week. That dude can play some football. Are we on the, the Nate Hobbs train yet? Because he has Yeah, a, I'm on the Nate Hobbs train. As soon as I saw game. him
2: take off off the edge and had that huge um, tackle for loss, like that was huge. That He's was a such a big play for him. And then there player. was the screen that he was able to get into. Uh, Nate Hobbs so
1: wow 33 Special. covered snaps 33 covered snaps and Herbert threw his way twice allowing just one catch on five yards that is just phenomenal when you look at the rest of, of that success from Herbert like he just avoided that guy and that's tremendous expect respect for a guy who only has one full season in this league
2: yeah I was really really impressed with Nate Hobbs uh not a great thing but I mean, in terms of like the player, like the guy is just really excelling in that nickel role for them. Um, somebody that you're going to have to monitor in the slot. I would have liked to have seen him paired up with Keenan Allen for the full game and see how he would have adjusted to that. Keenan yeah. Allen went out toward the end of the first, well, uh, first quarter, really maybe early too. part of the second quarter.
1: Keenan was looking like he was about to put one of the – you know, just an elite all-time performances, similar to what Justin Jefferson did in Minnesota. Like, he was on some type of pace. Four catches, 66 yards. yards
2: on like, nothing, no, like, no snaps, really. Like, how many snaps did he play? He ended up playing 22 total snaps, four receptions, 66 yards. Like, well, that's and that,
1: insane. And there's another one of those bats. That 42-yard bomb that he caught, just a laser from Justin Herbert over two defenders just dumps it perfectly into Allen's hand in stride. Like uh, another one of those, just th- the guy is like the, he's amazing. Leo from the matrix.
2: The the place where the charges were not amazing was in the run game. Yeah. Uh, Austin Eckler had 14 carries 36 yards averaging only 2.6 yards per carry. Uh, Joshua Kelly had four. Sony Michelle had seven. Uh, neither of them eclipsed 25 yards in all. Uh, I think that the, The push up front uh, is a place that the Chargers really struggled, but that's a strong defensive line. Um, Where they played much better was in pass protection because Herbert had plenty of time to throw. Let's talk about Trey Pipkins. Uh, Trey Pipkins had an outstanding game against Max Crosby. He's probably a top three to top five edge rusher in the NFL right now, and he was a non-factor. Uh, Trey, Trey McKitty, or not Trey McKitty. Trey Pipkins really, really played outstanding, way better than anyone could have imagined. I have talked about me wanting to, to compare him to Storm Norton from last year toward that last game, and you that can't even make that comparison because it wasn't even close. Like Trey Pipkins wasn't graded well by PFF, but I think he only gave up one or two pressures in total. I mean, that's outstanding for a player playing two premium pass rushers. That was just totally unheard of. And in all, the Chargers gave up eight total pressures. Pipkins gave up one hit, one hurry the entire game. That was it. And he was graded with a 56.1 pass blocking grade. Come on, let's talk about who he was playing against and right. the fact that the Chargers dropped back 36 times and only two pressures were given up. That's why why are we why are we grading Trey Pipkins so low?
1: No, I don't know. I thought he had a phenomenal game. Um, and what a what a welcome sight, because on the other side, I did not see Chandler Jones on screen unless it was Rayshon Slater removing him from it uh, very quickly. Because on the other side of things, Rayshon Slater was picked up where he picked up last year and just taking care of a two time all pro guy like he is he's a Pop Warner player.
2: Yeah, it was it was just a really great game overall by our offensive line. Uh Rachel Slayer was your highest grade at offensive lineman, 79.0. I thought Corey Lindsley played an outstanding game uh against the pass. I just didn't see the push by the offensive line opening up running lanes. And then the other player that really did not play well in terms of his uh blocking abilities, Andrew Horvath, I thought gave up. Uh, a, a couple handful of lead blocks that he just wasn't there, missed his target, but showed some of that um, ability as a a rusher, as a receiver out of the backfield, kind of more of that utility running back, um, less so as a fullback. I'd like to see Xander kind of improve on that part of his game, but I mean, we knew right off the bat Gabe neighbors was the better run blocker, at least yeah. early in camp. So I want to see Xander Horvath, Um, pick that up and and run with
1: it definitely needs to improve that part of his game but the other side of it is Xander is built in the mold of a just a Lombardi weapon just in the making Uh, I don't think we're quite there Um, but who would have thought Xander Horvath was going to be the first charger to score a touchdown this season oh nobody expected that and he only had 10 total yards but you know he, he impacted the game. He had a big first down pickup early in the game. He had a couple catches, which, I mean, th- it's better than no yards there. And when was the last time you saw game neighbors get more than two touches in a game? I, I, Xander had about six this game. Um, they weren't the most effective touches, but he's a seventh round draft pick. Um, and big, big impact in, in the special teams game. So uh, excited for that guy. I think he has a lot of room to grow. But first first game action for a guy who did not play much in the preseason, um, with battling with game neighbors. So hasn't had, you know, a lot of time with the starting lineup had to been, I was splitting it with neighbors all off season. So, uh, hopefully he can gain some rhythm. Um, hopefully that running game gained some rhythm too, but credit to the Raiders run defense. They are very stout in that regard. I mentioned them last week that I thought they were going to have a really good run defense. That seems to be true. Um, and again, I had a lot of respect for that Raiders team. I thought they were going to be way, way disor- more disorganized than they showed. I thought I saw a good football team out there. Um, and I'm really happy with how we didn't let it get away from us. It, it seemed like there's a couple chargering moments waiting to happen. Uh, it seems like under the Brandon Staley regime, that does not happen. You have to beat us. Um, and they didn't. I, I love this mentality and I love this Charger team. I'm excited.
2: The last thing I really want to talk about with this game, uh, five penalties, 21 yards. I'll take that all day. That Overall, uh, I thought that we played really clean football. And I know penalties really stick out to me. Five for 21 yards, I think that's uh, a couple false starts. And, and really, that's kind of it. Um, I thought overall, yeah, five penalties seems about the average. But in terms of the yards that were given up, it wasn't much. So I'm really not too worried about it. And then again... We ran the ball 31 total times. I don't think anyone expected that. Uh, and we were not effective doing it just 76 yards on the ground. Uh, there was a lot more opportunities to to use that to go play action, which is what we kind of did. Yeah. I got Herbert out of the pocket, got him moving around, uh, making some really tough throws. But I'd like to see the overall run game uh, having more holes that opened up. And And Eckler almost had one. Yeah. Uh, toward the beginning of the game, just a little bit too slow. Just didn't hit it quite as fast uh, coming off the left side. I want to say it was like a stretch run play and he saw it. I mean, he had open grass and just couldn't hit it fast enough. It was so close.
1: Yeah. I, back to the officiating. Um, I did want to shout that out. Cause I thought it was a, a really good officiated game overall. Um, a lot of, you know, Just let them play moments. I thought that I saw a lot of plays that would have been called for holding or defensive pass interference last season, where these guys were just letting these guys go out and make football plays, which uh, I appreciate that. Seven penalties in in a game is a win, so shout out to the officiating crew. Um, I I really liked how they managed that game, and then with the run game specifically, I just don't think Sony Michelle is there yet. You could obviously tell like he is not fully grasped this playbook yet and to me in my opinion josh kelly deserves more opportunities right now in this offense right now today um and and i think daniel popper mentioned it in his report in the athletic he thinks he's earned them. i think he's earned them. he runs with a a type of of determination you can tell this guy wants a a bounce back season so bad um and those are the guys kind of guys that i want to give a chance and i i'm not saying sony michelle um, it is not going to be an impact for us. I just think he's not there yet. He's only been with the team for a couple weeks. That's really hard to get acclimated uh, to a Lombardi style system where there's a lot of moving pieces. So, um, I think for right now, it should be Eckler, Josh Kelly, and you have kind of sp- Spiller and um, Michelle kind of splitting the garbage time minutes.
2: Let's talk about this Kansas City Chiefs uh, game that we got coming up on Thursday. Uh, I'm ecstatic for it. Uh, it's going to be in Kansas City. I think it's right around 5 p.m., 5.15 is typically where the Thursday night football uh, game starts. And if I believe it's on Amazon Prime, yes. is that correct? The first Amazon Prime game?
1: Amazon Prime, no Prime ball. We all got goofed, but 5.15, Prime video, September 15th. Uh,
0: Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer brace I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. The Chiefs played the Cardinals in week one, and man, did they smack them.
2: I didn't get a chance to watch the game. I'm just looking across the stat sheet right now. Uh, The Chiefs won 44-21. And the big thing you got to really talk about, Patrick Mahomes, 30 for 39, 360 yards, five total touchdowns. And if you look at his receivers, Travis Kelsey, 821 yards, Juju Smith-Schuster, 6 for 79, uh, Valdez-Scantling, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 4 and 3, uh, 44 yards, 32 yards. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had two receiving touchdowns. It was That's a huge game for Patrick Mahomes against a Cardinals defense that I think is a lot better than people realize. Um, but looking across 33 total first downs, this was no, no, none of these were big long gains from, from just reading that. If you're getting 33 first downs and he ended up throwing the ball, you know, 30 times and there was a whole lot of rushes. Wow. Like that is nickel and diming at its finest. Um, and then go, go ahead. Well,
1: they ran the ball plenty. I mean, they had 30 receptions, but they ran the ball 27 times. They had 128 yards on the ground. That's oh, wow. 488 total yards of offense. Absolute demolished. Like you said, a very good Cardinals team. They should have not been embarrassed. That is an embarrassing uh, stat line from Clip Kingsbury and his Arizona Cardinals. Um, and
2: how interesting is it
1: who led their team in
2: total carries?
1: Yeah, uh, very interesting. It looks like we have, you know, a... a Another Debo Samuel kind of in the making, but interesting. And a new
2: lead back, Isaiah Pacheco, was their leading rusher. He had the most carries, 12 carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown. He had more carries than Clyde edwards Hillary and Jarek McKinnon. I don't think anybody expected this from a seventh-round draft pick. I did keep hearing about this guy's name during the offseason. I kept hearing about it in fantasy football, so people knew about this guy. Uh, they yeah. knew that he had been climbing the depth chart in Kansas city. Uh, I wish we would have got a chance to talk to our other Kansas city, uh, say it again, hosts and, and really talk and get their feedback on who this kid is. Cause I haven't watched him at all, but he is starting to be get on everybody's radar uh 12 for 62, 5.2 yards per carry. This guy's somebody that we're going to have to watch out for and see uh, why is it? He was able to, not just LeapFrog, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but Jerick McKinnon as well. Also, uh, Ronald Jones didn't have a single carry in this game. So a little interesting uh, that they got a new running back who they are looking forward to, to getting into their game plan.
1: Well, and can you still hear me? Yep. I, I think a lot of people over... Blew out of proportion the you know, no Tyreek Hill in place. This offense is going to kind of sputter, like you still have two generational type talents in Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And that connection is as good as it's ever been. They connected on eight receptions, on nine targets, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, come on, like that. And 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 you and getting other guys involved 10 guys got targets in this game. Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't matter who's back there. He's going to make get guys the ball. Uh, obviously, Tyreek Hill is an amazing weapon. You saw what Miami was able to do with him in their offense to Bill Belichick. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not trying to devalue his impact, but Patrick Mahomes is still that guy. Travis Kelsey is still an absolute problem nightmare in this league. The best tight end stat line uh, all week one, and people are you know the Kyle Pitts hype. The Mark Andrews is the best. Uh, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the game. Um, and you you got you can't help but re- respect that right now.
2: Uh, Sky Moore had one catch for 30 yards, but he in the 13 snaps that he played, he had a 91.6 PFF grade. That's just below Travis Kelsey. who had a 92.1. There's a lot of weapons on this offense. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Uh, this is not going to be a rollover game, but I'm ecstatic to see how our defensive line is able to get after Patrick Mahomes, if they're able to keep him in the pocket, I feel like that's something Joey Bosa has always struggled with when he played the Chiefs is keeping contain a Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it's a big game for this defensive line in this pass rushing to see if they can give him the same fits they gave Derek Carr. That's probably what I'm looking forward to the most is seeing how our edge rushers are able to not just contain, but apply pressure and see if we can get him to force some turnovers the way that Derek Carr, I mean, Derek Carr, could have given away 5 this last game. Yeah. Can we do the same thing to really the best player in football?
1: Well, and we and if we're going to do it, we're going to need to do it with the four man rush. Patrick Mahomes has shown time in and time again that you cannot blitz him or he's going to make you pay. And on Sunday, Arizona found out the hard way. Blitzing on 54% of their defensive snaps and Mahomes was 15 for 21 on those plays, 137 yards, four touchdowns, the most ever against the blitz since NextGen has started monitoring that phase of the game the last three, four seasons. An absolute nightmare when you bring pressure. He's going to find that pressure. He's going to feel it, and he's going to get the ball out quick and hurt you. So if we're going to get after him, we need to do it with the four-man rush. We need to get creative. And when you do blitz him, you got to make sure you get home. Uh, otherwise, like I said, you're, you're, it's just a big play waiting to happen. But I, you know, I so, did see. Go ahead. I was just taking a look, and I, it's a, it's a storyline that I think isn't being talked about enough. But just from 2006 to 2013, the heyday of Chargers football with LT, Phillip Rivers, Antonio Gates leading the charge. The Chargers won 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 of their 15 meetings against the Chiefs. During that span, then you go up from 2014 to 2019 with Patrick Mahomes and the Andy Reid uh, dynasty or whatever you want to yeah, call it. Andy Reid era starting dynasty at this point during that time span. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, 10, 11. Only one win in 13 meetings from the Chargers. So dominant from the Chiefs. But in the and last that was four, the
2: uh, 2018 uh, playoff for um, uh, yeah, tw- yeah. us to go into the playoffs, run 29, under center. Yeah.
1: great game, great win, but the only one in the in 13 meetings during that time. Now we have the last four meetings between these two teams, two wins for the chargers, both in arrowhead, by the way, um, the other two losses are one point game or one score games in overtime. So this, this, rivalry is as competitive as it has ever been in the last two decades and now you have patrick mahomes you have justin herbert two of the most gifted athletes on the face of this planet going after it prime foot, prime time the world watching with the potential the afc west on the line it's an early start but we already have one division game going up 2-0 as opposed to being 1-0 as the Chiefs would be if they win this game, it is huge. Um, and
2: going into the easy part of our schedule, too, like this game,
1: if we win this game, we're getting on a roll for a
2: really good next four or five weeks. Uh, this is an important game for us to win. And how lucky absolutely. are we that we are playing Kansas City in Kansas City while they still have warm weather? Because playing Kansas City in December, not an easy task. Playing them in September, much more manageable, especially in an offense that is still relatively new to so many different players. I mean, their entire wide receiver room with the exception of Travis Kelsey and Nicole Hardman, completely brand new team.
1: There's a lot of new faces.
2: So this is a really, really important and great time for us to be playing them right now.
1: I think so. And I, I can't wait. This is going to be absolute dynamite. Do not take your eyes off the TV type of game. Um it's going to be a playoff game. I think you saw kind of the playoff intensity already from the last game. There was a little different type of a focus and you get that in division games, um but I thought last I thought last game had a a kind of playoff type feel. This one's definitely going to have that because Whoever you, you know, Patrick Mahomes thinks about this Justin Herbert budding rivalry. Is he coming from my throne? You know, he thinks about it. Even if he's going to tell you no to, to the media and stuff, it get, it gets to him. These guys are people, they hear that stuff. And so he wants to prove a point. Herbert's going to want to prove a point. we are going to have two really great defenses trying to get after it. So this is going to be, this is, it's football season. Get excited. Let's get excited. Well, let's talk about the Chiefs' defense. Uh,
2: very, very good game by the defense overall. Uh, they held Kyler Murray 22-34, to 34, 193 yards, two touchdowns. They didn't get any interceptions, but they did get two sacks on the quarterback, and they really forced Kyler Murray to, to take no shots deep, uh, keep everything underneath, and they completely stuffed the running game. James Conner, 10 carries, 26 yards uh kyler murray who's ex- excels at getting out of the pocket and, and when he gets out of the pocket he's looking to run for it held to just five carries uh 29 yards it was really a bad day for them rushing and i think a big chunk of that was that the they, they the, the chiefs got ahead pretty quickly from what it yeah. seems like and they could they they couldn't run the ball as much as they probably wanted to in that game uh even in the receiving room Marquise. Brown, four receptions, 43 yards. I have no idea who Greg Dorch is, but he ended up leading them. Seven receptions for 63 yards. Uh, A.J. Green, uh, Zach Ertz, uh, James Conner, all non-factors. I mean, they did not get very much out of their receivers. And I think a big part of that is they were losing their number one. D-Hop did not play. He's um, out for six-game suspension for PEDs. the, the Chiefs were able to, to really hold their own, and the big player for them, Lajarius Sneed, uh, had an outstanding game, 90.0 defensive grade. Uh, he was targeted a total of six times, gave up four receptions for just 23 yards. So everything was underneath, had one pass breakup. Uh, he was a major factor for them for what it seems like. Uh, I'm assuming he was probably lined up against Marquise Brown, uh, keeping him underneath as their true number one receiver as the true number one cornerback. That was probably the matchup again. I didn't get a chance to watch this game. I'm just looking at the stat lines and my expectation of what they did on the defensive side of the ball.
1: Well, and you mentioned Sneed's ability to impact the passing game. Um, well, his coverage ability, but he was also efficient getting after the quarterback too. had a sack and two quarterback hits also a big tackle for the tackle for loss. So, that guy made a lot of plays um, for that defense. And, and this missed defense, only one
2: tackle. So that's super good for
1: a player who had seven tackles as well. This defense is legit. You know, you, got, you really strong in the middle of that defense in that linebacker room. Nick Bolton was just swallowing up everything, finished with double digit sacks, ten, nine solos, uh, one tackle for loss. Um, but th- this DB room with Sneed. Fenton becoming, you know, establishing himself as one of the younger or better young nickelbacks. There's so many good nickelbacks in the league right now, and Fenton's one of them. Um, and then you can't ever Trent McDuffie coming into his own, um, and then with that safety room back there with Justin Reed um, and Juan Thornhill, still, still a very good safety room, even though uh, you don't have Matthew and in, in the Honey Badger in town anymore.
2: So another player that I'm looking at just across the stat line, George Karloftis had a really good game. Six total pressures, uh, one hit, five hurries. Uh, And then also a guy that I really haven't paid much attention to, Michael Dana also had six. Uh, It looks like Karloftis was their starter. He played 51 total snaps uh, in comparison to uh, Carlos Dunlap, who had 26. Um, it looks like he's going to be their starter just looking at a second most snaps uh, across the whole defense. Um, he's a player that I am actually not quite as concerned with, with, with the game Trey Pipkins had against a much better, much more talented player. Uh, but I'm expecting that to be a, a key matchup to watch to see how the, the young, uh, hungry edge rusher plays against Trey Pipkins. Or to see if he even plays on the opposite side and goes up against a ratio on Slater, I wouldn't suggest it, but they I, might do it.
1: You could try. Um, and I love, I love that. We can have that confidence. When was the last time you were just like, throw anybody out there. Uh, and I got hundred percent faith in my left tackle. It's been a long time since um, I felt that confident on, on that position on that offensive line. Uh, Ray so Ray I got, got a question absolute about
2: this. I'm just going to go out and assume that with the hamstring injury, with him being, uh, us being so early into the season, just second game of the season, let's just assume, play devil's advocate here, that uh, Keenan Allen is not good to go. Uh, Let's assume JC Jackson isn't out there either. How big are is it going to be missing those two players in this game?
1: It's going to be huge. You know, uh, uh, whenever you are going up against, an Andy Reid led team, a team where Patrick Mahomes is playing quarterback healthy, 100. Uh, you you need all hands on deck. So whenever you're losing two of your some of your most valuable players at, at very important positions, it's going to impact you. Um, but I think you saw that that's what building a complete team. Staley always says it: building a complete team means it's the next guy up mentality. And you could say it all you want. Uh, Ha- living it and having the roster to do so is a completely different thing but that's why we brought in all of these dbs that's why we have such a strong receiver core that's why michael bandy we have is sitting there waiting on the practice squad might get elevated um might not play i think DeAndre carter played really good in those slot minutes um when Keenan did go out but that is why we went out and had the offseason that we did these last two seasons to protect yourself when you get into a a situation like this. You know, we're not the Dallas Cowboys who just regret, you know, are regretting now not addressing their backup quarterback uh, situation. And now their season, it's week one. Their season is is close to being done as it can possibly be at week one. Um, But that's why you build an awesome roster and hats off to, you know, Telesco and, and Staley for building a really strong team.
2: The thing that worries me, specifically Keenan Allen, I'm not so worried so much about cornerback room because I think our cornerback room is extremely strong. Yeah, I'm worried about Keenan Allen because our play calling completely changed as soon as he went out of the game.
1: And we were able to
2: rely on DeAndre Carter. DeAndre Carter had a phenomenal game. and I'm really confident in him to the point where I don't think we need to call up Michael Bandy. I, I think it would make sense to do so. But I think there's one
1: another guy in case I, I I want him just in case, kind of thing. But
2: I think there's enough guys though. You can move Austin Eckler into the slot. Sure. You can move
1: uh Trey McKitty
2: uh and let uh Gerald Everett play in the slot. You've I want got, to see some more players. Gerald Everett.
1: I want to see some more Gerald Everett. Uh I action. do too. Uh, I, I thought Gerald awesome. Everett
2: also had a great game. I don't think that we need to bring up somebody to, when we have so many players that can play into the slot. But sure. I don't like where the play calling went when Keenan Allen went out because I I feel like he the offense runs through him first and then through everybody else and so when you take a guy like Keenan Allen out who garnered so much attention all suddenly everybody's looking at Mike Williams and now it makes us a little more one dimensional than we wanted to be uh, DeAndre Carter I think can definitely fill that role I'd like to see him get the same opportunities that Keenan Allen typically gets, but I think that is a huge loss. And I don't care because I'm not playing Keenan Allen this week, knowing that he's going to get another 10 days off. He's not going to play for another two weeks if we keep him out of this game. And I think that's the right thing to do because a hamstring injury that can linger. Um, If you don't rest it, if you don't stretch it, if you overdo it. And I just don't see this as a have to win game right now. And I think that we can do it without him because I thought with DeAndre Carter, uh, with all the different bodies that can move into the slot, we don't need Ke- Keenan Allen to play. But we need to not change our play calling because
1: of it. Uh, no, I, I hear you. Um, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I, we, we need to be – but it goes back to my point. Like those these other guys that were mentioning Gerald Everett, you, you, Austin Eckler has to have a bounce-back game. That needs, that needs to happen right off the bat. He can't finish um, with – the production he produced against the Raiders. And I expect him to do so because I, I thought the Raiders played Austin Eckler extremely well. Um, but Gerald Everett, those up uh, these young guys uh, need to step up and, and play bigger roles because that is, is it's what it's all about. Um, Keenan Allen though, you're seeing, you've seen his impact. People want to say that he's not one of the best receivers in the game. You saw the difference in that first two drives um, compared to when he was out in uh, We are a completely different offense without him. He takes away so much uh, that we want to do when he's not out there. So I agree with you that I don't want to rush him out there. Um, It's one of those things that a hamstring you can't really play through. It's either 100% or it's not. And if you play on it when it's not, you're just going to aggravate it. It doesn't get better. The only thing you can do with the hamstring is, is not use it. So what is the most frustrating part about that? Because you feel like you can go, but you just can't. Um, and so he's 110 percent. I don't I'm not confident in trotting him out there. Um, but that. But you got to have faith in the rest of those guys to to step up uh, in his absence. And I, I have 100 uh, percent faith that they'll do so. Um, and they're going to get tested with going up against a really good chief secondary on Thursday.
2: Uh, something else I just kind of noticed just looking at their snap counts on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Trey Smith played 31 snaps and it looks like Nick Allegretti. Uh, played 39 snaps. So uh, I, w- I wonder if Trey Smith is injured. Uh, I haven't seen the injury report. It'll come out tomorrow, something to monitor uh, as we move forward. What are your expectations of this game?
1: Is this going to be a high scoring game? I I mean, I'm taking a look at the last four meetings. Um, I think the 2021, I, I think the last game in 2020 it was 23 uh, 20. Chiefs ended up winning that game, but I don't think Patrick Mahomes played in that game. Um, I'm looking at the last three meetings in particular, the team that won scored at least 30 points. And so that's, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. Um, There's going to be turnovers on both sides. I think both defenses come up with the big plays. I think both offenses make some big plays. I'm looking in like the 30, 24 range, an absolute thriller that doesn't get decided until the last 30 seconds of the game. Um, And I think I, I, I can't, I'm just putting it out there. I think it's going to be a phenomenal game, um, but I can't root against the Chargers this early on in the season. So I'm going 30-24, the repeat of the exact same score that the Chargers beat KC with last time they faced him in September last season. So I'm I'm hoping history repeats itself here um, and we get a thriller going up 2-0 in the AFC West, which would be absolute huge given the, the, accumulation of talent that's in that division right now.
2: Yeah, I think that this is going to be a close game as well. I see it being high scoring. I'm going to go 31-28, and we win on a last-second field goal. I think oh, that's kind of where it's going to be at, yeah.
1: That's huge. Um, Harrison Butker is injured, and they have Tristan Viscano in today practicing for Kansas City. So they don't Viscano. have – Viscano.
2: So, okay, let me let me redo this. It's going to be – Let's see. He misses four extra points.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we know, we, this know
2: guy. we know. We know. likes Shoot. to miss extra points. Suit him up. That's I interesting. Hope. That's huge, actually. So like huge. missing Butker, who has won them so many games. So many charges. games.
1: How, I, I, Butker is, is is a scourge in my side, um, and this whole fan base. Like he is, and our he's gave us he's gave us so many losses himself. Um, so really good kicker. And not having one is huge. It is huge. It's a major impact. It's going to force them to go for it a lot more than they would normally. Um, And that can get you in trouble sometimes.
2: And, you know, it also makes you think, like, they're not going to test a 60-yard field goal. They're not going to test a 50-yard field goal of Vizcano. Not with any hope of actually making it, because Vizcano really struggled in the offseason for us last year. Uh, And it was really, really surprising for us, him to win that battle and almost break a record in just like six games for most extra points missed. Made all his field goals. Um, That's going to be something to really monitor if Buckner cannot go. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I think that we've covered the game completely. I did want to kind of just talk about all 22. You got your chance to finally um, play our first game. Uh, all 22, I, I can actually bring it up right now. How did you do? I'm just curious. I didn't get a chance to talk to you about your, your team.
1: Uh, let me pull it up. I was winning pretty significantly the last time I checked. Um, Khalil Mack was huge for me. He had about. He's my biggest scorer right now. Let's bring it up. I am winning 70 to 57.9. Um, and let's see. Does he have anybody going right now?
2: to 57.9. I'm actually pulled it up right here. Uh, I am adding it to the stream now so that we can take a look. So this is all 22. And for anybody who's watching, this is fantasy football based off of PFF grades. So the cool thing about this, and and the season's already started, so you probably can't uh, exactly jump in right now, but you get a chance to take a look and see what this looks like in the middle of the season. Let's take a look at the uh, Zach Hot Chili Peppers, however we want to call this team here. <laughs> the and Red Rock Chili just, Peppers. <laughs> look at just some of the scoring here. Uh, it won't let me actually pull up your, your, your grades anywhere. We're not. Uh not? Uh, I can't go over to it like that. Let's look at matchup. There you go. So we're going to look at my team just because you can't look at your team. So it looks like Justin <laughs> Herbert scored – Uh, 7.8 all 22 grades. So the way that this works is points are based off of PFF grades, but then each grade is given a positional rate, which is based off of um, the total, the top five salaries of all quarterbacks. And then they kind of compare it to other position groups. And you get to see um, snap counts. You get to see uh, the total grades, the passing grades, the run grades and they'll go and they'll provide him a uh, a total overall grade for the game that he just played. Uh, this is actually really, really cool, a different take on fantasy football, um, and it gives the ability for in defense, individual defensive players uh, to be graded kind of more of their worth. So I'm taking a look here. Logan Wilson had an outstanding game against uh, the Steelers, I believe, is who they ended up playing. He ended up scoring 3.7 points and relationship to somebody like Eric Armstead who may not have had a great game uh playing the they just lost to the Bears. Uh 2.4. Uh and yes. it's just kind of an interesting take on fantasy football. I had been talking about it uh prior to uh the season actually starting. Uh and that you can see I ended up getting some auto subs here. So somebody's gonna get subbed in for JJ Watt uh who was out against the chiefs um what did you think so far of the all 22 uh scoring system and really just the fantasy football side of the game
1: so i love i i I love just the the full roster building um a a complete team you you drafted a a complete offensive line we have kickers and punters in there um and then an entire defense so like it's just another layer it's the you know, the next step, it seems like where fantasy football It's the only next possible step beyond like uh, the, the FanDuel stuff. Um, so I, I was super excited. I didn't really know really what to expect. You, you can obviously tell like the interface is very new. So it is a little um, like punky at times. But I do just like the ability to put on my GM hat um, and go out here and Put together some of my favorite players, and I mean, I have, I have a really exciting team. Um, I think so. I what, what? Go. Let's go back to those matchup. Who has the most points right now? So
2: right now, the team that has the most points. Uh, let's see. League home. Seventy point seven. Josh Kimmel, who is one of our guys. Uh, one of yeah. our guys over at the Say It Again Network. Uh, Let's go take a look at some of the second most points. You're really just trying to get yourself in here. Yeah.
1: Talk about about him. (laughs) I'm just kidding.
2: (laughs) So let's talk, take a look at Zach's uh, roster real quick. So if we go and take a look. So this is the kind of the depth chart that they've created for us. Uh, You can go over and take a look at the chili peppers, which is Zach's team. He has uh, Patrick Mahomes, Derrick Henry, Stephon Diggs, who had an outstanding game on Thursday Night Football. Yes, he did. Uh, you can actually create your own uh, formations. Uh, right now I can't click on them because you're in 11 personnel uh, this week. Take a look at the defense. He went for the nickel. He's got Jair Alexander. Look at that D. Darius Slay. Much of dog. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Dog. Uh, Eric Kendricks, Matt Milano. Matt Milano dog. also had a really good game. Dog.
1: Uh, just and-
2: kind of an interesting take, so you can take a look at the depth charts and set them down here. You got Davis Mills as your backup, uh, running backs Derek Henry, Leonard Fournette, Dalton Cook. Just a really fun way to play fantasy football. Um, we got free agency starting tomorrow. I got some players going to IR. Probably could be a good time to go and put in some waivers for some players on the uh, the uh, free agency list. And just taking a look across our free agents. That we're yeah. going to have available.
1: I need some players,
2: so this is all powered by PFF. Uh, Daniel Jones is out in the market right now. Uh, I mean, there isn't really a whole lot out there in terms of uh, quarterbacks, those are all pretty much taken up. But Jerry Hughes, Hughes is out there, Dietrich Weiss, good edge rusher. Um, it's Hill. An interesting take, man. I, I really like how all this has really shaped up KJ Hamler's out there, Melvin Ingram's out there. So it's a, it's a fun way. And I've actually been enjoying it so far. The draft well, process was slow, but it was a lot of fun. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. And I'm enjoying it. Um, Just one game in, but yeah, excited, excited for this, but the potential, I think the potential is huge. Um, And I, I think it's really, I, I think it's fun right now, but I think it's really close. And I, can definitely see some some uh cleanups for next season but but i'm excited um pff does a great job over there and i'm just excited that that we have the opportunity and the chance to be affiliated with the inaugural season um so it's big it's exciting um definitely go check it out and and try to get in a, a league for next season because uh, it's a lot of fun so don't miss out
2: all right thank you guys so much for listening uh we'll talk to you guys probably next weekend and really break down this Chiefs game. We're just a couple days away, uh, and we will talk to you guys later. Thank you guys so much for listening.
0: Sheath Underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART.